And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Hale Varsity, powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We welcome in with Counter Reed, Brandon Vogel. Brandon Vogel is uh, hunkered down in his football slash hoops den. Counterread.com is where you log on and find his work, Aaron Sorensen's work. Good to spend time. Vogues, uh, you know, uh, same same road woes for Nebraska basketball. We'll get there. We'll talk uh, signing day for Nebraska and kind of get your comments and, and thoughts on Nebraska's uh, full class and uh, the Glenn Thomas comments from Coach Rule. But Husker Hoops, we were we were texting last night back and forth a little bit, and you and I really weren't that surprised with how this went. It just between mismatches and whoever was trying to be checked by Tomanaga, I mean, it was just a nightmare for for Nebraska. And Elijah, you sent me a screenshot of a offensive rebound that that Fred will no doubt probably pause in the film session where. You got Gary, you got Lawrence, and then you got, we'll just call him Lurch, whoever the big dude was with the beard uh, that transferred in from Princeton uh, for Northwestern, their center. I mean, he was just, he, he was going Frankenstein, throwing people out of the way, Will Ferrell, bathrobe, you know, uh, and, and just <laughs> getting the offensive It's one on class. four. Nebraska's got four guys in the paint. I can throw this picture up on Twitter. It's Mast. It's Williams, it's Gary, it's Jamarcus Lawrence. Northwestern has one, and they, they grab the offensive rebound. I, I can do the best I can to get it on yeah, the screen. Yeah, there's four guys there, and uh, that was not a Dennis Rodman moment, Vogues. Uh, you prescribe the, uh, the, the remedy here for rebounding in Nebraska basketball. Maybe you have the answer. <laughs> uh, I, I wish I did um, <clears throat> get a little bit bigger. Uh, I mean, I think – you know, a, a lot of that comes down to uh, rink mast is obviously kind of the guy who makes everything go for, for Nebraska, I think, uh, for, for the most part. And he, he's not, he's not that kind of big, you know, and, and Nebraska hasn't had, we talked about this, I think after the Rutgers game, you know, you see these teams in the, the big 10 that are maybe not as skilled in a pure basketball sense as, as Nebraska might be just more physical and um you know i wouldn't uh, necessarily put northwestern that far ahead of nebraska on on that front going into last night but it sure looked that way uh, that the rebound that elijah shared and was was talking about i mean that was a kind that was in the second half right that was a kind of a 15 minutes spot of the yeah. Game. yeah uh yeah, nebraska was were. down by 12 and making a run in that second half yeah yeah it was it was one of those nights um you know Really, I think we're going to look back on this week in Nebraska basketball history, so to speak. Uh, they're going to really wish they would have gotten that Illinois game. It's Brandon Vogel with us yeah. here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Brandon, do you think there is a light at the tunnel in the fact that Nebraska has made it through a difficult stretch? They have Michigan. they got to take care of business on Saturday. They get some time off and then a, an easy close to this season. And for as disappointing. Easy with this squad? I, I don't want it. It's easier than it has been easier than it has been and it's it's simply put a basketball season can be a grind from any level high school college nba it's hard to remain focused and locked in every single night i mean the only teams that really did that were were wooden squads at ucla back in the day the only ones that you could count on that were going to bring in a, a grade a performance every single night it's rare to see performances like last night happen 
It's happened a lot for Nebraska on the road this season, but can you see a, a potential light at the end of the tunnel type situation where Nebraska, a combination of understanding your season's almost over and you need to get some wins and, a com- and then combine that with the fact that there are some easier squads on the, on the schedule coming up. Is there a light at the end of the tunnel type moment for Nebraska coming up, do you think, realizing that the season's almost over and you can kind of lock back in? Maybe. Um, I mean, I think returning home obviously obviously will, will help. Um, I don't know how much more we could talk about the difference between this team on the ho- at home and on the road. But every game seems to prove like, no, that's that's kind of what it is. Um, you know, I don't think it's the worst thing catching Michigan off of uh, just knocking off Wisconsin. Um, so that's that's probably a little point in, in Nebraska's favor. And, you know, they've they've responded. They're, they're a team that I think they're kind of showing us their, their true level, which is it's it's improved over where they've been. It, they're still pretty wobbly, wobbly, and, and teams that are you know trying to build and, and are in the middle of a build are are often are often that. Um, so you'll see them like when they kind of get knocked down or in some cases trip themselves. However, however you prefer to view view that um, some of Nebraska's losses, they they often respond. Um, you're trying to get to a level where you can level that out and be a team. Like you said, Elijah, that that's pretty rare, but uh, you don't, you don't need that, that you don't need to fall down to, to exert your best effort the next time out. Brandon Vogel's with us from counter read, counter at Brandon L Vogel on Twitter. And does Nebraska, are they going to be treated special here? We got plenty of season left to finish. All that said, if they end up with just one road win or two road wins, that's awesome for them. If they don't get a road win, the whole, the rest of the, the, the league has sucked on the road. And we're talking Power Five or Mountain West or you pick a conference, nobody's winning on the road. Like the, the 70% home winning percentage is what I saw this week. So why does Nebraska get penalized? If they go over, that's one thing. If they get one, all right, at least you got off the schneid. Oh, yeah, you, you beat K-State. Give them some credit for that. So should Nebraska be held to a different standard because of their road woes when everyone else is also struggling? They do look a, a way different, though. They, they do look like um, they don't even look bubble-worthy on the road, quite honestly, aside from the Illinois performance. Yeah, no, I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll get uniquely penalized for that. Uh, you know, I think what that means is over these remaining, remaining weeks of the season across the country, if if home teams are winning conference games at a seventy percent clip, the the teams that end up stealing a couple over these, you know, getting some of those very hard to come by wins on the road, are probably the ones that end up solidifying their case for for the tournament. I mean teamrankings.com just i just looked at it a little bit over an hour ago gave nebraska a nine percent chance of of being in at this point then you know you look at the you look at the record of you know it's at 16 and 8 like yeah it's getting it's getting pretty dicey i mean you've got two marquee wins that that'll help because i mean this is this is a human process at the end of the day and, and having something people can point to of uh, beat number one, Purdue, um, it, it, it helps, but 
it's they're just <laughs> I, I I don't think they'll be uniquely penalized if they don't end up with some of those road wins, but I think they're gonna have to get some to to get this resume to where it needs to be. Today, Brandon, Joe Lenardi dropped Nebraska to his last four buys, so you still have just a little bit of wiggle room. What do you think that the magic number is? We've been saying 20 for a while. Is 20 regular season wins still a, a solid number in your mind? 21, another one I've seen floated out, that'd be 5-2 and two, uh, to down the stretch here. What, what's your take? What, what does Nebraska need to get to? I, I think 20. I think, I think 20 could do it. Um with with the top 10 wins that Nebraska has on its resume. Um, so can they can they get there going what so that'd be four and three? Yeah, I think they I think they can. Um, but even at 20, like I, I think below 20, you're just you're hoping at that point and it, it's it's not a very realistic hope. At 20, you I think you earn the right to sweat it out on selection Sunday at that point. I don't think it guarantees they get in, um, but I think it's kind of a prerequisite. Vogues want to go to football takeaways from Matt rule, his thoughts on Glenn Thomas and the class overall. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the writing about this tomorrow for newsletter, new newsletter on counterread.com. Um, jumped out to me. I think it jumped out to a lot of people who were there. Matt Rule kind of mentioning the urgency, you know, the section of talking about where last year's pretty good is is this year's okay. And, you know, every every team out there is, is trying to to kind of scale that that exact hill hill where what used to be good enough is 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 not good enough. That's how you improve. Um, it kind of resonated with me. ESPN put out its returning production rankings this week. Brass is number one in the Big Ten, number three nationally. Um, there is a big opportunity here for Nebraska to to take a to take a jump, and and, and that's that's relative, um, very much so. But with teams that are that, that are that have the experience level they have over past years, um, they tend to improve, and and I think that's what Matt, Matt Rule is is looking at going into his second year. Um, I thought he said the right things about being more familiar with the league, et cetera, et cetera. I kind of look at 2024 as it's a really, really big opportunity for, for Nebraska to make, to make a move here. Brandon, whenever you look at the the first two classes of Matt rule as a whole, a lot of times referred to as the foundational classes. What do you like about the first two classes? What do you think they could be missing? I guess what's your overall evaluation of the, the quote unquote value or the, excuse me, foundational classes for Matt rule at Nebraska. Yeah, um, I mean they've they've been I think to their plan. Um, they've been pretty local um, when you compare them against some some past Nebraska classes. Nebraska's always going to have to recruit nationally. Um, we we've seen them. They they put a clear emphasis on Texas. They've saw some returns in Texas. Uh, we see kind of the East Coast connections have have played out. If there's if there's a thing that's missing, and it's not like you know you just snap your finger and make this happen, but the staff likes the guys that are kind of a little bit off the radar, the guys where they can look at their track times or, you know, watch a basketball game and be like, Oh, this guy's being under recruited for football. And here's, here's why we think that that's good. And it takes time for those players to, you know, I think there's a little extra development time built in there. If, if you're just putting together a wish list, like more pre- 
ready-made quote unquote to the degree that a high school kid can be skill position talent i think is like the next level for them so for them to be in some some battles for some really high profile receivers which are often uh some of the most competitive recruiting fights you'll find um seeing nebraska win some more of those is is something that i think we haven't seen we haven't seen a ton of yet bogues i need five more minutes on the other side can i get that can i reserve time sure all right Brandon Vogel, a couple more minutes, some overtime, counterread.com. We got a talk and question in the stream from uh, Katie, Kids for Life. Uh, we were going to get to yesterday. We, we didn't. We are getting to today. Kirk Herbstreet, Dylan Riola, the, the infamous phone call. <laughs> we'll go there, and uh, we'll hear uh, more from Vogues. Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt, a tale of varsity. Hail Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? When I point you, yeah. On Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you some overtime here. Brandon Vogel, counterread, counterread.com. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal with Hail Varsity Radio. Well, the topic that a lot of national college football folks have weighed in on, some are disgusted, some don't care. Here's what we're talking about. This was Dom Riola's chat with rivals, the the national rival folks, uh, Adam Gorney. And uh, we have that comment. Uh, We'll roundtable that uh, if it's a uh, a horrible look for Herb Street or not, as some have said. But here's the, the, the actual comments from the interview, the Zoom session with Dom and Gorney of rivals. We'll say bring up one guy's name. His name's Kirk Herb Street. When he saw he saw the smoke. Uh, about Dylan entertaining Nebraska, he was like, called me. He said, dude, is this true? He got to do it. You know, he got to do it. He, he, his affinity for Nebraska, uh, for a guy like that to tell me and to, you know, get behind me. Look, I knew, I knew he needed to do it, but I wasn't going to sit here and say, you need to go change that place or be a part of the change at that place. Um, so when Kirk told me that, you know, I was like, man, you know, this is, I've had people reach out, other coaches reach out, reach out to me and say, look, the, the place is special. Coach Rule is a special leader. That's it. That's it. Okay. So my, my take is this. Dom is, is not going to, and nor did he, push his kid into Nebraska. You know, that's where his heart was. Eventually, Nebraska just kind of stuck around for Dylan as a, a, a place that could be a, a, a lot of things he wanted. As far as Herb Street weighing in, Listen, Herbie knows that, that, that the Riola family's not going to weigh his opinion on where Dylan should go to school and, and, and take Nebraska out of the equation. If this is Herb Street calling somebody saying, go to Michigan, go to Ohio State, go to SC, I think this is more about rule to what Dom said, uh, Vogues, that there's just a lot of, lot of cheerleaders out there for Matt Rule because he's done a good job where he's been beyond the, the the football part, just from a from a dude development standpoint. I think Herb Street felt comfortable enough sharing his opinion. I don't have a problem with it, and we can take Nebraska out of the equation. If he does it next year for another five-star that's flipping, so be it. If it's for someone that's going to Miami, so be it. I think he's just trying to give his perspective on the situation, and he's, uh, he's, he's a fan of college football. Uh, he wants to see... Uh, good kids and good families make 
decisions, and it, it's always better when some of your, your blue bloods are also winning. This is big for Nebraska, clearly. Yeah, um, I found the whole thing to be uh, a whole lot of nothing for the most part. I think <laughs> Herb Street and Rayola have a relationship. Like, you know, I'm assuming this was probably a pretty, like, friendly conversation uh, between two people who know each other. And it's like, yeah, this, here's a thing that might happen. And if Kirk Herb Street was like, oh, that would be great to affect, you know. Mm-hmm. Um so be it like um it's it just <laughs> the idea that herb street was ha- had had sway here um, oh, no. i guess he was he's somebody who who riola wanted his his feedback which makes sense you know he had two sons go go and play at clemson um which you know wasn't ohio state was it um oh. but <laughs> I think the point there was is like he saw what he he saw something he liked with with Coach Sweeney and that's where he wanted his sons to go play. Uh, you hear a lot of effusive praise about Matt Rule. Probably wasn't much more than that. It's pretty crazy, Brandon, because you go through the comments and it's all Georgia fans saying further proof that Kirk Herbstreit hates Georgia. I think that every fan base in America must think that Kirk Herbstreit hates their school, except yeah. Ohio State. Well, he doesn't live in Columbus anymore. He moved to, to Nashville. He got the hell out of Columbus a long time ago because he was being shot, lit arrows at by Ohio State fans. So <laughs> yeah. his home don't even love him all the time well, anymore. Michigan fans are convinced he's still a homer. So it's, well, it's just everybody, yeah. everybody out there, I guess, is convinced that Kirk Herbstreit hates their school and just their school. Except Nebraska. Well, I think that I think that extends broadly to ESPN. Like ESPN, uh, if you ask any team's fan base, ESPN hates their team, right? Like, and <laughs> maybe that thing w- wanes a little bit from time to time. But then the next time, you know, somebody says, "Ah, I don't think this team's good enough," um, then you know, just back to it. ESPN, ESPN hates you. We don't need to worry about ESPN's ability to control college football by Kirk Herbstreit telling telling recruits where to go like if that were happening it would actually be probably the least impactful way that espn has a grip on this sport at the moment (laughs) vogue's time to dig into that wallet for the premium package uh partnership with fox and 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 espn and hulu and all that good stuff but brandon if here it is with this new package if they do a college football red zone similar to NFL red zone, who do you nominate to host the college football red zone channel? Um, me, I could use, I could use the extra, the extra <laughs> employment <laughs> at, at, at the moment. Um, oh man. Me? <laughs> you need, I mean, Obviously, <laughs> this is not a very good audition tape because I can't even come up with something to, to give say. Me, give me Snoop. Head. Snoop and Vogues. Sure, sure. Um, well, I was going to say you need somebody who's like like not just good host, but somebody who's like a real college football like nerd. Um, I can be that. Uh, I just uh, don't have don't have the TV chops. So but maybe I got some time. Maybe maybe I'll get with you guys and you can put me through put me through boot camp. Worst possible selection would probably be Feinbaum. I'm trying to think. I'm not, I don't think Feinbaum would be very electric on a college football red zone. I think Saban would be gold, oh. but he's already doing game day now. Vogues, what's coming up with Counter Reed? You kind of hinted a little bit, but tell folks about the website. How do they subscribe? How do they get locked in? Yep, just head to counterread.com. It's a Substack newsletter from myself and Aaron Sorensen. Uh, Paid subscribers get two good things a week. Uh, hopefully, good thing coming tomorrow is 
taking a look at some of that returning production data, um, what it means for Nebraska and how I kind of view this 2024 season as, um, well, like I said, it's a big opportunity. If Nebraska is going to take a step as a program, it would do well to do it now uh, because conditions are favorable. Mm, Love that. I am intrigued. I can't wait to read. I'm a Proud subscriber, counter read, counterread.com at Brandon L. Vogel, where you find him on Twitter. Vogues will talk Saturday morning. Thanks for the time today. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. You too. Appreciate him doing a little overtime. But I wanted to, to get to, to the Dom rivals and then the outcry by some. And listen, I kind of laid it out from a sway and a, in an impact standpoint. It's, it's not going to change. It, and it didn't. It didn't change Dom's mind as to where he wanted Junior to go. But he wanted Junior to make that call himself. And eventually it was not last minute, but Nebraska was always still in that race. And what's really cool if you're a Nebraska fan is you got a kid that, that is the caliber of, okay, Ohio State said yes to him. Um, Georgia said yes to him. He's of that talent. And you got him here. I don't think anyone in the country would have said no. The point is, is you, it's one thing to be on their radar, but they get to pick who they want. And Nebraska got it, which is great. We'll wind down this first hour. We'll check in with Coach Barnett next hour. Tony Veland. We'll talk some Super Bowl. That's on the way with Hour 2, a tale of our city powered by Cornhead Lager.